Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. of Jesus, will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you dream deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him From the first day of Joseph's life, he was threatened. Life was unsafe. It was Uncle Laban and relatives who were angry at his daddy, Jacob. They went from that, Esau, Esau coming to kill his daddy. Then 
he was told about a fight the night before where his daddy had to fight with God. It was always fighting. It was always anger. It was always life-threatening. In the midst of all of that, in the midst of all of that, there was a life call upon Joseph to be holy, to trust what God wanted to do with him. And then, sometime later, some years later, the brothers went out because they were angry. The town had had attacked their sister and raped her and wanted to marry her. The brothers were so diswrought. These brothers, in some ways, were more animals than civilized men. They spoke with their swords and with action. Remember, these are the men whose names will be on the New Jerusalem's wall, the foundation stones. Oh, God had a work he had to do to prepare them for that. Joseph's life is tied up with all of this violence. So the men, his brothers, go out and kill 70 people. They kill everybody in the town except the women and the children are taken as slaves. The brothers take all their cattle, camels, and they take the women and the children as slaves. Jacob is very upset because he knows they are a small group and that the neighboring towns could see these people as wolves, could come after them and destroy them. So Jacob listens as God speaks. Genesis 35. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. We're watching as God opens a journey for little Joseph, a journey that will finally land him second to Pharaoh and the most powerful nation in the world. will make him someone who loves God with all of his heart. So, God speaks with Jacob. He says, go up to Bethel. Bethel is the house of God. Bethel is where lay on the ground as he was fleeing from Esau. Bethel is where God came. Jesus came and stood at the head of the staircase, the portal into the heavens. And God now speaks again to Jacob. 
go to Bethel, settle there, build an altar there to God. So Jacob said to his household, to all who were with him, get rid of all the foreign gods you have here. Purify yourselves, change your clothes, and come and let's go up to Bethel, where I'm going to build an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress and who has been with me wherever I have gone. One of the key markers of a Christian's life, or of Jacob's life. When he gets in trouble, he cries out to God, and God answers. So the family obeys. The men took the rings out of their ears. These are Ishmaelite rings, probably. You think you're free to do whatever you want to do with your body. You can wear whatever rings you want to wear. You can go wherever you want to go. That's insanity. You think you can put whatever tattoo on your body that you want to put on it. That's insanity. There is a God in heaven, and he rules over heaven and earth, and he is the judge. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is watching you on your journey. What journey? The journey from the birth canal of your mama all the way until you die. Then Jesus is going to make a decision about where you'll spend the rest of eternity. They took the rings out of their ears. Jacob buried them under the oak at Shechem. Then they set out, and the terror of God fell upon the towns all around them so that no one pursued them. This is little Joseph's second call. This is is his understanding that there is a God in heaven. He's watched his daddy delivered from death. Time after time, he's watched as God appeared again and blessed Jacob. God said to him, your name is Jacob, but you'll no longer be called Jacob. Your name will be Israel, meaning overcomer. And little Joseph begins to catch on. There's a reason why his daddy has not been destroyed. It's because he serves the Almighty God. God has said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a community of nations will come from you, and kings will come from your body. The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac I give to you, and I will give the land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him the place where he had talked with him. Jacob set up a stone pillar at that place where God had spoken with him, and he poured out a a drink offering on it. He also poured oil on it. Jacob called the place where God had talked with him Bethel, 
house of God. And then Rachel, his mama, dies, giving birth to Benjamin. Now I have a question for you. Do you have a sense in your journey that God is with you? Do you have a sense that you're under the protecting wing of Almighty God, that the blood of Jesus shields you from the devil's bitter attacks? Do you have a sense God is with you? I tell you, I know God is with me. I know his sheltering wing is over me, or I would not be here anymore. I would be gone. I would be dead. Over and over, the devil has tried to take me out, and every time he has failed, because I have always gone to Bethel. I've gone to the house of God. I've gone to where Jesus is in the Holy of Holies. And I've cried out for him to deliver me. Sometimes I've known that I have displeased the Lord. And that becomes plain to my heart. I have to go before him. And have to repent. I have to ask him, are you angry with me, Lord Jesus? Sometimes, yes. I don't like it when God gets angry with me. It's very threatening. Dangerous. You don't want God angry with you. Who is your shelter other than the Lord Jesus? Who will protect you from the enemy? Who will protect you from your foes? If the Lord is angry with you and you don't quickly repent, you're unprotected. Joseph, now 17 years of age, is tending the flocks his brothers. He brought a bad report about his about his brothers. They were abusing the sheep. Now Jacob, Israel, loved Joseph more than any of the other sons, as he'd been born to him in his old age made a especially home-designed, ornamented shepherd's robe for him. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of the rest of them, and they hated him for it and could not speak a kind word to him. I've heard about families talked with families who cannot say a kind word one to another. They're always fighting, fighting. 
Mom and dad fought physically, so they're doing the same thing mom and dad did. Cursing and swearing. Think you were in a battle zone. Shame that some of those people have even called themselves Christians. They don't have a kind word for anybody in their family. Midst of all of this, Joseph had a dream. Our dreams can get us into such trouble with family. <laughs> Pastor David Wilkerson was my my father in the faith. In his office. One afternoon, he said, the greatest trouble you're going to have, Brother Ray, in your life is going to be God's dreams that he's given you. Better not talk very much about it. Talking about it will not bring it to pass. Just keep quiet. And I said, thank you. I will. He had a dream. And in the dream, as he told his brothers, we were building sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose up and your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, you intend to reign over us? You think you're actually going to rule over us? And they hated him because of his dream. Later, he had another dream. And he foolishly told his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were all bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, and his father just kept this matter in his mind. Those brothers said, Taken the family sheep. Shechem. Israel said to Joseph, As you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I'm going to send them to you. Send you to them. Okay? So he said to him, Go and see if all is well with your brothers, with the flocks. And bring word back to me. Then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. Now, the difference between David's father and Joseph's father is that Joseph didn't send any cheeses, didn't send any loaves of bread, he just sent a spy. 
Joseph arrived in Shechem, and a man found him wandering around, lost. He asked, what are you looking for? Looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they're grazing their flocks? Well, they've moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers, found them near Dothan. They saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Such bitterness, such such anger. But Joseph had had learned to wait upon his God. His was not the relationship of his brothers with Almighty God. He was singled out by the Holy Spirit. The others will be in time. Not yet. Here comes this dreamer, they said to each other. Let's kill him. And let's throw him into one of these open cisterns. Part of the country they were, land had sunk. Sinkholes. It's not full of water, but he couldn't get out. They said, let's Let's tell our dad that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben, who was the oldest, heard this, he tried to rescue Joseph from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern here in the desert. But don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So Joseph came to his brothers, and they stripped him. They tore their garment from him, the richly ornamented robe that he was wearing. They took him and threw him then into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty, Then they sat down to eat their meal, and they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Can you imagine? They take their youngest brother, they take him and throw him into a a pit, sinkhole. And then they sit down and they eat laughing and talking, but they can hear the cries of their brother. But there is no empathy. There is no, there's only bitterness and anger with the brother. But their family. know what Reuben went to do, but how he went to do something with the sheep, and he's, he's missing the family's meal together, and They see this caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. 
Their camels were loaded with spice and balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Some money. Hmm. You hear this story, and heart just grieves for this young man. His life so far as a journey has been. A lot of danger. And then he gets this wonderful affirming robe from his father who loves him. You know, we can endure almost anything. Somebody just loves us. And I can tell you now that there are some of you listening to this broadcast who have never felt loved. Didn't feel loved by your mom or your dad or your brothers or sisters. Felt like the odd man out. God has a plan. He has a journey for you to take. It's important that you recognize you're on a journey. You're not just walking, wandering through life without any goal, without any aim. Maybe you are, but God has that for you. And God's bringing about what he has to send you on your way to take you out of the family even and send you on your way to fulfill a great assignment that he has for you. Some of you have missed your assignment because you've always lived angry, separate from others, separate from God. Just filling your life with entertainment, foolishness. It's not too late. So come and repent before the Lord for how you've lived your life. The blood of Jesus will cover you. And we'll wash you clean. And there may be some part of that assignment that God still has waiting for you. Judah spoke up as the brothers are eating. He's not been talking very much. He says, what will it gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. He is our brother, our own flesh and blood. All agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites took him Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and he said, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? They got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, dipped the robe, blood, 
And they took the ornamented robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it. See whether this is your son's robe. He recognized it, and he said, It's my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Jacob, his clothes, put on sackcloth, and he mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but refused to be comforted. No, he said, in mourning will I go down to the grave to my son. His father wept for him. This sorrow they see in their father's heart did its work of grace to convict them of what they had done. They considered their brother dead, and they know they're responsible. His father wept wept for Joseph. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, actually the captain of the guard. At that time, Judah could not stay with the family, and he actually left the family. had sons, Lord, death. I want to tell you, don't play with God. God is very serious about what he's doing on this earth. It's not about you, and it's not about what you want, and it's not about your plans. It's about who Jesus is, and it's about what his plans are. And he will kill you if you cross a certain line. While Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, Potiphar, Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who took him. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the the Lord was with Joseph, that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. Joseph found favor in his eyes. Became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, entrusted to him the care of everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of the household, of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. 
the blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had. Now, at this point, Joseph is probably 18 years of age. And Potiphar did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Joseph was well-built bodybuilder. And he was handsome, good-looking. After a while, his master's wife, notice of him, said, Come to bed with me. What a wicked woman. I suspect that Potiphar knew his wife. And I suspect that he would not be so surprised if something happened. Joseph used. Joseph was a man of integrity before God. He'd seen enough of the destruction of families. He'd seen enough of bitterness and anger. He said, with me in charge, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, everything he owns. He has entrusted to my care. You can forgive Joseph for a little bit of boasting, can't you? No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? How I wish that every one of us could reach that wonderful conclusion and say, how can I sin against Almighty God by doing this foolish thing? Could we finally come to a place? We could say, Jesus rules, not me. Watch. He spoke to Joseph day after day. He refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. He knew she was pure poison, his soul. One day he went into the house to attend to the duties None of the household servants were inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left the cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. People say to me, Pastor, how do I deal with these temptations? Run. Run. Your life is at stake. Satan will kill you. Run. In the New Testament, we have similar advice. The temptation comes. The lust breaks out in our heart. How do we deal with it? 
We die to it. We die to it. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, I refuse this wickedness, and I die to the temptation. I will not participate in the imagination. I will not participate in holding on to the idea of how sweet this encounter might be. I die to it. It no longer attracts me. Speak with a man patiently. Can't help but go. Pornography. Lust. How do I overcome this, Pastor? By dying to it. What do you mean dying to it? Give it up. And ask Jesus to remove it from your heart. Die to it. Or, as Joseph did, run from it so that it's not in your eyesight. Satan always wants to bait your lust. Sees where you're weak. He sees your eyes lingering on that woman. He sees your eyes constantly going to that car. He knows the lust of your heart. The only way to deal with that lust is to run from it or die to it. It's the same thing. Get away from it. Don't entertain it. Choose to run. You're not a coward because you run. You're a very brave man or a very brave woman. Run from that lust. Don't carry that lust in your heart. It will destroy you. She saw that he had left his cloak. He knew she had him. She was a very vengeful, wicked woman. Called the household servants in and said, Look, this Hebrew has been been brought to us, made sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me, and he ran out of the house. What a lie. That's what the devil will do. Try to come back at you with an accusation to make you guilty of what you were innocent of, and the other person is... Lying about you. When the master heard the story, I'm sure she dolled the story up. He burned with anger. Remember, he's a very powerful man. He could have had Joseph immediately executed, and no one would have asked any questions. He is a slave to Potiphar. He is owned lock, stock, and barrel. But God was involved in this. Lord God of heaven stepped in. Joseph didn't know what was going to happen to him. He knew that the natural thing would be to have him executed. 
told in one place in scripture that was put in irons and bruised his ankles. Potiphar took him and put him in prison. The dungeon, his dungeon. Potiphar owned the dungeon. This is the place where all of the king's prisoners were confined. While Joseph is there in prison, the Lord was with him. That sounds so impossible, doesn't it? He's been accused of raping his boss's wife. She has said he attempted it. The Lord is with you. I want you to hear that. When you think everything is over, it's impossible. You've been lied about or or you've missed, you've sinned, and you think everything is over. No, it's not. The Lord was with him, showed him kindness, <clears throat> granted him favor. The Lord gave him success. Everything he did. And the warden put Joseph in charge of all those in the prison. He was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success. Whatever he did. Gave him success. What I want you to see is that so far, Joseph's journey has been through threat, violence, bodily harm, even slavery. And in every one of these situations on this journey, that is his life. God is shaping him to be the man he wants him to be. I want you to recognize that God is shaping you. And you may fulfill what God wants you to do in just a very short period of time. Some of you he's taken through harrowing financial experiences. Some of you, he has caused you to be broken and humbled. I, too, have been humbled. You have been cut off. Never been put in prison, but I've been but under some pretty harsh discipline. But I want you to know that whatever it is that's going on in your life, God's eyes have been upon it. It's with you. Some of you today feel like God has deserted you. 
sometimes felt that way. God did say, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Some of you have said, what is this all about? Why am I being treated this way? I don't know. God knows. God is going to reveal that to you. He's called you to the journey. I, in my vocabulary, say God has placed me in the school of the Holy Spirit, where I've signed up for every necessary course, every necessary step that I could be used by God to accomplish what he's assigned me to accomplish. There's only room for discouragement when you're on your own and you don't believe that Jesus cares. I know he cares. I know he has his arms around you unless you are so sinning against him, he's saying, okay, prodigal, you want to go? You need to go and eat some pig food? Go and eat as much pig food as you need to eat, prodigal, and then come back and see me. I'll put my robe around you. I'll give you a place in the family. Heart will be filled with joy. I am a prodigal. And I am an elder brother. I've done both gigs. You know, what's so interesting is that that God chose you. Would you have chosen you? I wouldn't have chosen me in a lifetime. I know what my heart has been. And God knows what my heart has been. And he's changing my heart. Is he changing your heart? Or are you still being given to violence and lies? Theft, lust. Are you willing to turn totally to Jesus and say, I want your plan for my life carried out? Now, please do with me whatever you need to do to prepare me to accomplish what you want me to accomplish. You say, Oh, Pastor, my life is over. No, it's not. Not over until. Till it's over. And then all of the preparation here may not be for here. It may be for something on the other side. Jesus needs you. Well, that's as far as we're going to go today in this study. We're going to continue tomorrow. with the prison experience.
God does to deliver him. Decided I'm not going to hurry with this story. It's too precious to me. This is my favorite Old Testament story. I want to pray with you. Lord, I come to pray for my brothers and sisters who feel ragged from the journey, who feel worn out by the journey, who are discouraged by their journey. Lord, I come asking your mercy for your people. And I especially ask for mercy for those who are sick, for those who are crying out for help. Would you hear their cry? Would you send them the assistance they need, whether it's financial, physical, moral? Lord, whatever it is they need, would you meet their cry? Lord, thank you for this story. Thank you for the life journey of this young man, Joseph. Would you reach out in your mercy and kindness and lift that young man or that young woman up that listened to this story and says, wow, I need Jesus. I'm willing to give up my pride and my arrogance and my hardness of heart. I'm willing to give up my cursing and swearing and hitting. Lord, would you come in mighty power and minister your spirit to each person right where they're at. Some have been righteous before you all of their lives and now feel like you've deserted them. You haven't deserted them at all. You're calling them out calling them to come close. Lord, thank you. Pray in your holy name. I'm very grateful for each one of you. I'm overwhelmed every day as I see your sacrifice your love and concern for me, Wyla. I've gotten a lot of feedback, people saying, oh, Pastor, thank you for letting us see what Twyla looked like. She's very pretty. That's true, she is. I don't know how I would have been able to walk this walk if I had not had her beside me. Thank you for your giving. We're at the middle of the month. Wow, we need your help. So as God blesses you, would you bless us? No, let me rephrase that. As God directs you to give, would you obey and give, even if it's your last two cents? Obey the Holy Spirit. He will respond. So, here we are. 
National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 295. Again, it's Pastor Ray Greenlee, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. Two two one nine five. You're also welcome to go to our our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. Nationalprayerchapel.com. Some of you were going to come this last week and did not. We look for you. We missed you. We love you, and you're welcome to come when you're able, and we'll bless you. All right? Thank you. Lift up your heart to Jesus. He loves you. I'll talk to you soon. One to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory